Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Democrat Gazette, and it's so honored this morning to have my friend of many decades, and he's going to try to be modest. But this is the man I describe as the father of what we now think of as downtown Little Rock, the revitalization of Little Rock, Jimmy Moses. Jimmy, thank you so much for dropping by. Delighted to be with you, Rex. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, I've written about you for years, and I know the history, but a lot of people listening to this podcast may not... uh, Tell me, uh, go back to your family's investment in business in downtown, mm-hmm. how you became so obsessed at an early age with, with downtown Little Rock. Well, I'll try to keep this brief. Um, I find it interesting in that my great-grandfather, Herman Kahn, came to uh, Little Rock at the age of eight by himself from Germany Wow! in the uh, mid to late 1800s. And... Uh, was boarded and raised by the Gans family mm-hmm. here in Little Rock, the name of which is prominent in some buildings downtown. Oh, absolutely. And long story short, he became a real estate developer. Uh, he built the Marion Hotel, named it for uh, his wife, uh, my great-grandmother, Marion Kahn. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and was very active on Main Street. On the other side of my family, my the Moses side, my grandfather, uh, Cleve Moses, started a record store, uh, really a radio shop called Moses Melody Shop. Uh, a lot and, of old timers will remember yeah, Moses Melody yeah. very well. Yeah. A fixture on Main Street yeah, very much so. from uh, early 1900s until uh, the, the business closed in the early 1980s. My dad followed in his father's footsteps. So... I had the blood of uh, Arkansan and a Little Rockian and and maybe most of all of a real um, proponent of downtown in me. Mm-hmm. And, and as a kid— and uh, I, I would think that store was kind of your playground, it right? It was. Yeah. And I was going to say, I started working in the store at the age of five, literally. Uh, rode in the delivery truck and helped Ira Allen, who was a wonderful man that uh, headed up our, our delivery service uh, all through my early years and then started selling records and got into the business and uh, was always very interested in cities and city planning and most of all, and I was fascinated about Little Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, My dad was an uh, active in several organizations, including the downtown organization in those years. So I would beg him, even as a 10, 12, 14-year-old, to take me to the meetings, which he did. And I'd sit and listen. I'd listen to uh, Hugh Patterson and Billy Rector, two Mm -hmm. uh, classic Mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen, scream at each other about what should happen downtown, which uh, was interesting. I I can picture that. Yeah. Because Miss. Mr. Patterson talked in those Shakespearean uh, exactly. tones, you know, like he was on stage. And Billy Rector <laughs> giving him a good dose of Arkansas. It was a, it was enlightened. So anyway, I I made it through uh, high school, went to Hall High School, school, and went off to college in, in Virginia, and married my my current and first wife, as I call her, BJ, and we came back to Little Rock and. I, although I still had this passion and love for the city, I uh, 
I really wasn't quite sure. I was a hippie coming out of uh, <laughs> the 60s and uh, not quite ready to take on uh, the real business world. But, yeah, but I went yeah. back to work with my dad and uh, then had an opportunity to, uh, when I was 21, 22 years old, to be the director of the uh, what was called Little Rock Unlimited Progress, which is the forerunner of the downtown partnership, partnership today. Right. And I jumped at the chance, and uh, that really whetted my appetite. We, interestingly, among other things, worked on some exciting projects, the Metro Center Mall being one Mm -hmm. that later got built uh, after I was gone. But from those two years, I went back finally to work with my dad. He said, it's time to come back and and take over the business uh, or let me train you to do so. uh, After another year or so, I said to my father one day, this is just not for me. I want to do something about our city and for our city, and I need the training. And my father said, go for it, which was a great gift, really. I went back to graduate school in Florida, got my master's in urban planning, and really intended to go to one of the coasts, to <laughs> looking at Boston, San Francisco, some of the big As cities. an urban planner, yeah. As an urban planner, where the yeah. opportunities were, were significant, and a guy by the name of Tommy Hodges, who was a planner, urban planner himself, and a little rock businessman, caught me when I was home at Christmas uh, in grad school and said, introduced himself. I didn't know him. And long story short, he taught me into coming back to Little Rock and mm. going to work with him and his planning and engineering company. You were about how old at this point? I was in my late 20s. Late 20s, okay. And uh, so I guess I've always said this to Tommy. I either blame him or owe him a lot for... Uh, I came back to Arkansas at 30, and I oh, thought it was right around there. Super story. I, mean, I spent my time in Washington, D.C. in my 20s, and I was ready to get back home. Exactly. Yeah. And I was, too. And this passion for our city uh, just would not leave me alone. So coming back was definitely the right thing to do. And uh, from the platform of his company, uh, I, within a year or two, met two new friends, a guy named John Allison, an architect, a very successful career, and another architect by the name of Rick Redden, also an architect, a wonderful fellow, and became a dear friend. Both of them did. And we formed a company called Allison Moses Redden. We located in a small building on, on... West 2nd Street, which turned out to be the Gans building. Mm-hmm. We only discovered that after we started tearing the facade, the old metal facade off to restore the building. So a family connection. Like, yes, yeah. the, uh, very interesting. But our company in the, those early years, John, Rick, and I said, we'll be an architectural design firm, and Jimmy, you'll, you'll go out and focus on the development. And, and our playground, our focus was downtown Little Rock. Mm-hmm. And so we did just that, and we were able to do a number of good projects to kind of kick us off uh, the Heritage Center. We were very interested in uh, the riverfront and thought that the river was uh, the asset that perhaps was most underutilized Absolutely. in the early 80s. The riverfront in downtown Little Rock uh, was nothing. In fact, it was warehouses and railroad tracks and the, and the yeah. county jail. Yeah. So uh, we had neglected it, and um, we and others, Doyle Rogers, Julius Breckling for the city, uh, recognized that 
the river needed to be focused upon. And I began to get quite interested uh, while doing a planning study for the city of Little Rock. When I was at the Hodges firm, we did a downtown plan. And in that plan, we called for an entertainment district to be developed on the river, perhaps on East Markham, which was at that time a vacant and uh, distressed area. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was little or, or almost nothing there. And flipping forward years later, that vision became the river market. And so... If you fill in the gaps, which I won't bother to right now, we'll say that I spent a career trying to make that transition from the vision and, and the idea of planning for our city into becoming a very active developer. And our company has always tried to lead the way for downtown. It's, it's, uh, uh, I'm in my 70s now, and uh, my only regret so far in life uh, is that I don't have another 25 years to, to really... No, you might. You, well, you look might. great to uh, me. Depending, yeah. But yeah, I'd love I, to have I, you out there in your 90s still plugging for down. I, yeah. I hope I can. And uh, But but the, the passion of young people and their wishes, I think, always have to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was something I was fortunate to have in my life, and uh, I, I would feel the same about others. But I'll be back there cheering, and I may do a project or two uh, right. as I can. Great. I, I know you have some strong feelings about things. I could talk about the history all day long, but I want to bring it to the present and uh, where and what's hopefully now the start of a post-pandemic war- world, because mm-hmm. we don't fully understand how it's changed us. But, you know, lovers of history like me know that the 1918 uh, flu pandemic really changed American society. So, our society has changed, yeah. and, it, and we're going to more realize that in the years ahead. So kind of where does the capital city go? Where does the state's largest city, especially its downtown, go in a post-pandemic world when maybe there are less people actually working in offices? Mm-hmm. And I want to start here because you did a recent wonderful guest column that I, I know has started a lot of conversations around the city, and that is... You pointed out, if you look at some of the fastest-growing, most successful cities in America, one thing that almost all of them have in common is they have a very dynamic research university. And I know you feel strongly, A, that UALR, the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, needs to be, frankly, more than it is right now. Mm -hmm. And B, we'll take these one at a time that it would help them to have a downtown presence. But let's let's start with ULR as a whole and what it could mean to the future growth of Little Rock. Okay. Uh, let me start by contrasting UA Little Rock and Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Let's start with uh, UA Little Rock. Uh, no, let's start with Fayetteville. Okay. Over the last 10 years, uh, the metamorphosis of, of that university is quite remarkable. And I think all of us as Arkansans should and are proud of what's happened there. Uh, among other things, its enrollment is basically doubled. It's approaching 30,000 people. Its endowment, thanks to the Waltons' uh, lead gift and, and other major benefactors, is among the strongest now of uh, land-grant universities in the country. It is a more regional, if not national, university Mm -hmm. in that over half its population or enrollment is out of state, 
for the better or for the worse. And its sports programs are uh, among the best and uh, probably moving over the next few years to the best nationally in the country in most of the major sports. So that wonderful university and its growth and development has really helped transform Northwest Arkansas. Uh, there are a few other things like the Waltons and Tysons and Hunts that have had a hand in that, of course. Let's get back to UA Little Rock. In the last 10 years, our university has grown the wrong way. Mm-hmm. We've lost, lost enrollment from a high of about 13,000, quite honestly, I think down to about 7,000 students today. We are sometimes referred to uh, in, a, in a poor way, as UALR, meaning the University of Arkansas last resort. I don't want that to be the case, and I have talked with the leadership of the university and, and also the trustee, board of trustees, and they say to me, um, we all underestimate the quality of education you can get at UA Little Rock. And I know many people who've gotten a wonderful education. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't mean to run down them or the school. But if you are honest about it, the focus by the legislature, by the Board of Trustees, and by the largest um, companies in our state has largely and sometimes almost solely been on Fayetteville. And I think it's at the expense of UA Little Rock. So my position is this. Let's salute and continue to support Fayetteville. But Arkansas is large enough and needs, for sure, two great state universities and three if you add Jonesboro in, but it's not Mm -hmm. in the state system. And I say we need to fund, invest, and get behind UA Little Rock in a big, big way. Because its success or failure is very much tied to the success and or failure of the future of Little Rock, in my opinion. For a lot of Central Arkansas residents, ULR, kind of out of sight, out of mind, off of Mm -hmm. South University Avenue, frankly, an area where many of the wealthier residents of Central Arkansas never find themselves. In fact, after all these years, Jimmy, and this won't surprise you Mm -hmm. because you hear it too, I'm amazed. I've had the same seat in the Jack Stevens Arena since it opened for basketball. Yeah. And love going there. It's one of the finest facilities of its size in the country to watch college basketball. Of the people who said, I'm not going to go down there for a basketball Mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. So I know one thing you think would help the profile of the university is to have – not just a small little office like they have now, but an actual one of the schools, and I know you've talked about the School of Business, actually in downtown Little Rock. Yeah. Uh, I think that for the greatness of our community, and I mean that by the greatness of both our university and our downtown and, and Little Rock in general, uh, UA Little Rock needs to recognize and move towards a significant campus in downtown Little Rock. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a must, I think. I agree. Uh, that's not to say that the current direction and the focus on the non-traditional student and the, often the first-time uh, member of a family who is getting a degree, that pro- program and that effort should and, and, and will continue. But I see downtown as an opportunity to perhaps take 
the business school or a portion thereof, team it with our tech park, and the tech park and UA Little Rock and the city are already the three founding members of our tech park. Mm-hmm. And look at building uh, a significant business school on Main Street, perhaps in one of the vacant buildings, the Boyle Building, the Donaghy, or maybe on a vacant lot, say at 4th Street, where a, a major new building could occur that would add some excitement and something dramatic mm-hmm. for downtown and focus on the things that we're already very strong in central Arkansas. That's on the fintech world, the financial technology, uh, which we succeed in quite well. On banking and finance, we've got four or five of the best banks in the country. Absolutely. One of the strengths of Central Arkansas. It really is. Growing, uh, dynamic leadership. Uh, They have lots to offer and, and many jobs to offer. And the linkage between the graduate school and turning out uh, students that are ready-made for that kind of business is critical. And then the medical technology world, our medical system is one of the strengths of Central Arkansas. So again, the this graduate school that I'm envisioning that would be on Main Street in downtown Little Rock would also provide healthcare uh, industry with excellent and well-trained people coming out of graduate school. I think if we could do something like that, and then perhaps over time a campus could evolve along Main Street mm-hmm. and then downtown, that uh, we would have another great institution focused and located downtown to complement the, the law school, the Clinton School, and then, of course, our culture and arts right. uh, are institutions that are well endowed and located downtown and it's from institutional growth that i think the capital city could and would continue to flourish and uh, needs that additional component that educational component to join what's already here very exciting I, i hope you keep pushing that that is so important we'll be back with more of the southern fried podcast but first this break Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad, provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. 
couple other areas I, I want to hit on before we run out of time but when we're talking about downtown Little Rock. You and I had exchanged emails. Um, uh, I wrote a recent column about downtown and uh, kind of my observations is hopefully we come out of the pandemic now and kind of my observations, the river market you mentioned uh, seems to Somehow, these these restaurant owners were just incredible to the way they pivoted and survived. Seems to have survived pretty well. Seems to be doing well. South Main Street seems to be doing well. The new area on the other side of the interstate, uh, which they're calling East Village now, seems to have quite a bit of investment. But then you have the street the street we're sitting on as we take yeah. this. We're at Capitol and Scott. Yep. Capitol Avenue, and you're the urban planner, but in my mind, the boulevard that leads to the steps of the state capitol should be the grandest urban boulevard in the state. And, Jimmy, what I see is two of our towers with a lot of, uh, you know, the occupancy rates have fallen off. They've had financial problems. I see a lot of tacky surface parking lots. I see empty storefronts. Uh, I think we got a real problem on Capitol Avenue. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I loved your recent column about the boulevard idea. I've had that same thought, and we've talked about it. I think it's sinful that our legislatures, going back over time, and governors have not focused on and made always a priority that the state capital and the capital city are well taken care of Mm -hmm. and invested in properly. And by that, I mean, there's really no plan. It's haphazard. Uh, one right. governor under their leadership, you might see a lot of business and, and uh, linkage with state government in the downtown area. The next governor might not feel quite the same. And so you see slippage of state agencies moving out to midtown and suburban locations, which is harmful to downtown. We need a plan, and I think it, it would be its backbone of which would be a grand boulevard linking the state government with our financial, old Mm -hmm. financial core Mm -hmm. uh, that's second to none. We can do that. We need direction and an agreement by the legislature and the current and future governors that state agencies will remain and and be developed along the boulevard. Along that quarter, right. And, And eventually over time you would see a solid linkage between the state capital and and the financial high-rises that need support and help that are suffering right now. And again, that institutional involvement would uh, serve Little Rock well for many years to come. So Mm -hmm. I think your idea is great, it's right, and it's time for that to become a real priority for not only the legislature but the next governor. Another couple of issues I told you we would hit on. It seems to me, and you have played such a great role in bringing residents back to downtown Little Rock with the various uh, various facilities that you and your business partners have, have built over the last several decades. Uh, we see a lot more, certainly in the River Market area, a lot more action on the streets at night now right. uh, as people come downtown. But it seems to me, again, in this post-pandemic war where we try to build on the momentum 
Two key words come to my mind, safe and clean. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, what's known as the ambassadors uh, program. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, the downtown partnership. These are people that walk around. They're not police officers, but they're in contact with police officers. They help visitors. They spot graffiti and uh, see that it's removed. Uh, Again, my feeling, and see if you agree, we need to to put a real focus and we need to get back to doing a better job on safe and clean right right we, we can never lose focus the grand plans that we're talking about today are are critical and important but they won't come about unless our downtown neighborhood is safe and clean and and we are not where we need to be in that area the downtown partnership has endeavored to create a what they call a clean and green squad over the years and have done that to a certain extent and also in more recent years a policing program called mm-hmm. the ambassadors program but neither one are funded properly right in order to do that you've got to have the public and private sector both acknowledging that this is critical and a high priority in investing accordingly and we're not doing that right now uh, one of the things that bothers me rex is I think sometimes the success of downtown and its neighborhoods is its Achilles heel today in that the city is investing in more focus perhaps on other neighborhoods sort of at the expense of downtown. Mm -hmm. That can't happen. The downtown area of a city is the heart of the city. Heart and soul. Absolutely. It is. It's both. And if either one of those fails to function well, whether you're a human or a city, the rest of the body is not going to function well, and eventually there's death. And we don't want to see that happen here. And that's why I think the cleanup, the, the policing of, the establishment of more institutions downtown, big commitments, All of those are such important keys as we move forward over the next 25 years because the business world, as you said, due to the pandemic and the way people function is going to be very different than it's been uh, up to and leading into the 21st century. And finally, I told you we would talk about this, and that is the toolbox of incentives that we have to offer those who might want to invest private capital downtown. As we tape this, it's two days ago. Two days ago, I I went to Memphis for the day Mm -hmm. uh, with Gabe Holmstrom and a group uh, representing downtown Little Rock to do a column. Uh, You know, we tend to think of, we know what's going on in Nashville, but it's amazing just two hours away, the amount of work that's going on in downtown Memphis. And I made the comment as we got out of the a vehicle for lunch. Uh, they were talking about uh, what all they had to offer. We met with the Downtown Memphis Commission, and I said, so you're saying they've got a better toolbox than we do? And the answer I got, well, they've got a toolbox. We might have one rusty hammer here. No, I couldn't agree and more. So Arkansas really has to do a better job, doesn't it, to invite private capital to invest in a place like downtown Little Rock. When you look at Memphis, and and I've been studying it, there's a guy over there by the name of Henry Turley that Mm -hmm. is at the end of his career, but very dynamic and much like I've tried to do in our city, he's led the effort for many years. But he told me 30 years ago when I went over and met with him, that it was uh, part of the formula for success 
that the city of Memphis had done things like tax abatement, which mm-hmm. allows new and, and, and renovations to occur. And instead of the tax base jumping immediately and penalizing that development, uh, the tax base stabilizes. And in lieu of paying taxes, money is put into the uh, further redevelopment downtown. We need at least three or four significant incentive programs It'll take action from the legislature. I was going to say it's going to have to be done on the state level. It is. But this would not just apply to Little Rock. This would Mm -hmm. apply to cities throughout the state. So everybody would win if the legislature, and perhaps constitutionally, this will have to be addressed, if these become priorities to to develop a real toolbox for cities to grow and develop. And uh, I think it would be a a huge boost to Little Rock and, and Northwest Arkansas, Jonesboro, uh, and, and smaller cities throughout yeah. the state. Oh, I, 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 just off the top of my head from my recent travels, I can tick off downtown Fort Smith, downtown Pine Bluff, Correct. Uh, downtown Hot Springs. Oh, yeah. All of those with great old downtown properties just begging for private capital Absolutely. to come in. And I, you mentioned Hot Springs. I know we're running out of time. We have the opportunity to pair Hot Springs and Little Rock. I agree and need to pair them in the strongest way. I think the uh, corner has been turned in Hot Springs. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we can cheer uh, the Sella family, their newest and latest investment over there, well over $100 million, has provided the the stable rock for Hot Springs to – to spring forward exactly. like it, it needed to and we've wanted it to. And as that happens, as that tourist mecca de- develops more fully in the next 20 years, the linkage between the cultural facilities, the ease of access, the airport and the highway improvements that are in place and, and are developing gives Little Rock a chance to really have a recreational partner mm-hmm. to sell Central Arkansas, much like Northwest Arkansas is doing uh, so well. Yeah, and we yeah. got to get better at that, and we need to take advantage of every opportunity we can get. And Hot Springs and Little Rock working together is a great opportunity. Yeah. Now you mentioned you were in your seventies. I, I do think you got another twenty, twenty-five years. So, <laughs> I I, but so. I, I want to close by asking: overall, you know, you look five, ten. 20 years out, um, are you overall, uh, you've always struck me as a pretty optimistic person. Are you, are you pretty optimistic about the future of Little Rock overall? If you ask my mother, she says I'm either black or white. Uh, depends on, depends the day. on what day. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm afraid I am a bit that way. I'm very proud of and pleased of what we've been able to accomplish both personally and, and as a community. We've really done a lot, and, and we've done it against a lot of uh, tough odds, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we have so much more to do. Yeah. And uh, my prayer, uh, really regularly, is that new leadership, young leadership, uh, you got to have someone, quite honestly, like me. Every city has got someone like me who probably grew up and and, – has those roots deep in the community who dedicates their career to building their city. I don't say that to to flatter myself. It's just, it's sort of like the need for educational institution in downtown is critical. 
Now, I, that, need, I need to add, though, the younger generation of your own family is still very much involved in building a little And I'm, my sons are, are leading our company now, mm-hmm. and they have a different attitude about what they want to accomplish. But uh, fortunately, both are interested in their city and have chosen to live here. But we need that, that passion and that leadership from a broader group. Little Rock's a bigger city. Things have changed. We've got some great companies in Little Rock, um, particularly in the real estate industry, that their leadership, we desperately need their focus downtown in the years to come and on Little Rock. And uh, I hope that in the years to come, we can, you and I, look back and say, those guys handle it well. Mm -hmm. Look how much further we've come and, and be very proud of our next generation and their accomplishments. Jimmy Moses, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Love the visit. Thanks for having me, Rick. And thank you for listening to another edition of the Southern Pride Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.